You're listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly, the podcast for women who are ready to discover their true selves. If you're tired of hiding out in the shadows, being someone that other people think that you should be, and you're ready to discover who you truly are, this is the place for you. It's time for us to be fearless and stand in our power and know who we are. It's a process and it's a journey, but you're so worth it. This is your host, Janelle Anderson, inviting you to join me on the journey. Let's emerge fearlessly. So you know when you have one of those really great conversations that's just really special, full of golden nuggets. Well, I just had one of those recently on a Facebook Live video with my friend Megan Turner from Poppy Plum Media. Megan and I were talking about an upcoming workshop that we are doing together and it is called Ditch the Imposter Syndrome and Know You Belong. And so in this Facebook Live, Megan was interviewing me, which is a little bit of a twist for my normal podcast. I decided that this conversation had so many great golden nuggets in it about how to ditch the imposter syndrome and where does it come from? And it gives you a little preview of the workshop. And I thought it would be a great episode for my podcast. So enjoy the conversation. And if you are listening to this before April 30th of 2020, you can still come to our online workshop. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So we are live tonight to bring you some more goodies about the imposter syndrome workshop to ditch the imposter syndrome. Just ditch that thing and know that you belong. And that is coming up next week, next Thursday. I want to talk about ditching the imposter syndrome. And I think that you were going to ask me a question. Weren't you going to interview yeah. Yes, I had a question for you. And actually, I don't know if it's the one you're expecting. Um, But as I was reflecting on it today, I really wanted to ask you. So I asked everybody earlier today in in my Facebook, what do they think they struggle with more, ego or imposter syndrome? And I don't think a single person said ego. I don't think I've ever heard anyone even say ego. Um, So I think my question for you is, why is that? Why does everyone struggle with imposter syndrome and people assume that people will think they're egotistical? Mm-hmm. It's so backwards. So why, why do you think that people struggle with this so much? Well, I can, I'm going to share with you the number one reason. There are several reasons and I'm using some material from a book I'm reading called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women by Dr. Valerie Young. I'll be using some of her material in the workshop, but she gives seven reasons. And the number one reason is what I was going to talk about tonight. But to your question, so when you say what bothers you the most, the imposter syndrome or the ego, when you're saying ego, what what do you mean or what do you think people mean? Um, so I, I meant like pride, right? Struggling with pride and trying to seem humble. Okay. So if if people are assuming, you know, however falsely, that their imposter syndrome is humility, you know, the opposite of that would be pride. So why don't people think they right. struggle with pride? They think they just struggle with the imposter syndrome. Because actually the imposter syndrome is a form of the ego. Ah, good question then. <laughs> <laughs> because really, when you're talking about ego, you're talking about being self-centered, like really focused on self 
And that can take the form of looking like a victim or, or like, you know, I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm no good. I'm terrible at this, not having confidence, or it can take the form of what we usually consider egotistical, proud and arrogant. Uh, both of those are actually focused on ego and really being centered around self. I'm not yeah. good enough or I'm just better than everybody in the world. So there could be, Janelle, there could be some people sitting out there thinking, I'm the best in the world. And what they don't realize is they also need this seminar. Yes, <laughs> they do. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Right. That's, That's good. Awesome. Yeah. And actually, one of the, um, one of the main reason, the number one reason why people have this, it's not really a syndrome, it's just a state of mind or a phenomenon. Um, but they call it the imposter syndrome. It was first coined by, there was two, uh, I think they were psychologists who coined the phrase because they began to notice this phenomenon in women. And so they did a study with 150 women and found out that this is not just for women. I mean, not just women struggle with it, but that's who they were studying and uh, found out that uh, it was very, very common in these women that were highly achieving, high achieving, highly successful, had all these external successes and yet felt like they didn't deserve it or they were just lucky or something somebody else did that helped them get there. It wasn't anything of their own uh, ability or super powers or, you know, talents or whatever. Um, and they feel like you know, somebody's going to find out that I'm really just faking it. And yeah. this was very common. Yeah. And so really that could be the opposite of that could be, well, everything comes easy to me. I'm just so great. I can never fail, you know, but it's still kind of in the same uh, two sides of the same coin. And that mm -hmm. comes out of the number one reason that people have this is your, you were raised by humans, right? How many of you were raised by humans? <laughs> right? We were all raised by humans. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. Although there is a story of somebody that was raised by apes. My daughter was telling me about this kid that, well, it's a, I don't want to get off track on that. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, this is the beginning of our imposter story. And for most people, this is the, the number one reason why they struggle with that. And, you know, it starts from your family. Um, teachers, coaches, and other significant adults in your life when you were young, and then mm -hmm. had a very profound impact on shaping your expectations for yourself, how you saw yourself, how confident you felt, how competent you felt, and even how you looked at success. And discouraging message, especially if you had discouraging messages spoken to you or communicated to you in some way, they can linger for years, even a mm -hmm. lifetime. Many people have those. And if you think about it, if you can think back to childhood, to maybe a message that you heard, usually, you know, parents are big, of course, but also teachers, you know, coaches, mm -hmm. uh, other people that had some kind of impact, you know, usually adults. But I think you can get these messages from siblings as well. I grew up in a big family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, so my, I have a question for you. So. Yeah. This phrase gets floated out there quite a lot, and I think it's really polarizing. So I want to see what you think about this. And yeah. what do you think about fake it till you make it? Oh, yeah. Yes, you do hear that a lot. 
she actually has a chapter on that in this book and uh, it's titled fake it till you make it and why you should. But I actually haven't read that chapter yet, so I can't. Wait. <laughs> in, your opinion, in your opinion, in your opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that it, there is some truth to that because your emotions follow after you begin to think a certain way. Right. So I, I hear so many times people say, well, I can't really speak that. You know, you talk about affirmations or, or vision boards or, you know, speaking positive things over your life. And at first you don't feel it. Right. You don't believe it because it's a new way of thinking. It's a new perspective. It's a new paradigm and it doesn't feel real. So mm -hmm. but if you put that in front of you and you speak it and you visualize it, you will begin to own it and believe it. And then the feelings come and then it feels real and it doesn't feel like you're faking it anymore. So in a way, fake it. So you make it helps you with that. Right. Yeah. But I feel like the danger there is if you're not connecting that, whatever it is you're faking until you make it, if you're not connecting that to something real inside that you really want or is connected to who you really are, if you're just trying to fake it to make it to get something or be someone that somebody else thinks you should be or where you think you should be, but that's not really you, you can fake it forever and you might even make it, but it'll never feel real. Yeah. So. That was another thing I, I wanted to ask you about. So obviously I'm fairly young in the scheme of things, right? Um, but I know even when I was younger, I had a lot of um, feelings like, okay, you know, the, the first time I was on set. Right. Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, I'm paying my dues. I'm running the little clapboard, you know, and one day when I like run my own shoot, then I'll have made it. Or one day when I get paid to make a video, then I'll have made it. And and it's like the, the bar keeps moving. I think that's something that I was not expecting, especially, you know, launching your own business. And, and I know a lot of, you know, our audience here is business owners. Um, how do you combat that like subconscious moving of the marker so that you never feel as if you've made it? Mm -hmm. And that's definitely one of the symptoms of this imposter syndrome, because no matter how much success you have, you almost are afraid to feel success. And when you mm -hmm. first get that success, you might feel like a sense of relief at first, like, oh, good, I finally did it. But then right on the heels of that is like, oh, no, I <laughs> Um, that means I'm going to have to like set the bar higher and I don't think I can do it. And it's all this pressure that you feel from the success. And so sometimes there's that fear of having success because that means I'm going to have to even fake more or pretend mm -hmm. more or somehow be more. And I just don't think I have it. And that will keep people holding back from going all out and playing full out. So that's, and that can, you know, with this whole, reason of for the imposter syndrome coming from your childhood a part of that is what was the definition for success in your family growing up mm -hmm. you know how did your parents how did their view of success for you what was that and how did that impact you and how does that impact you even today so so i have to throw this in there and i apologize because i know my parents are probably gonna watch this i love you guys you did a great job um, I have to like disclaim that, <laughs> but it, it's interesting because, and, and this is so hard now being a parent too, right? 
Um, and you know, you can never do it all right. But I know the comment to us was, you know, do your best, right? Mm-hmm. But but the catch was always that my dad would look at our grades, for example, and be like, this isn't your best. And I'd sit there and go, well, how do you know that's not, my, maybe that's my best, you know? <laughs> so his definition of your best. Mm-hmm. He had higher standards for myself than I did, right? And and I think it's like that was that was good because it pushed me because I I could do better than that I just didn't care about the subjects you know, um, but also it made it hard because it felt like well this still isn't good enough you know what I mean yeah and that's probably a really common thing for people is feeling like you know they think they're doing their best or they're trying what they feel like is difficult you know that they're trying their hardest or what feels like their hardest at the time not realizing they could be working harder. Yeah. Yeah. So that's such a good point that you made because your dad's heart was for you to be your best and he saw more in you than you saw in yourself. And so he was challenging you to, you can do better, which is an awesome thing for a parent to do. Um, I think that helping the child to understand that, you know, is, is good. Like, what do you think is your best? You know, maybe that would have helped you because really ultimately we need to come up with our own definition of success. What does success really mean to us? What does it look like? And for women, a lot of times success is not just achieving some position or some level of income or whatever. Sometimes from, and this is what they're finding more and more now in our day and age now, because when I was young, success for a woman was just to have a career, you know, outside of teaching and nursing. I mean, that was all it was ever presented to us pretty much and to uh, even be encouraged to follow your dreams and all that. Well, now for women, it's how do I have the successful career, but balance it with my family and home life and not feel guilty and pulled back and forth. And what is that? Because a part of success for women is the whole life balance, not just work. Whereas for men, a lot of times their focus is more just career and achievement and the levels they move up or whatever. So if you had a definition of success or doing your best defined to you as a child, it's good to go back and first of all, realize your parents were humans too, and they were raised by humans too. And if they held a bar too high, a lot of times it's because that's what they thought they should do, or, you know, that was how they knew to parent, or if they didn't have high expectations at all, you know, sometimes parents become too lax and they're like, everything's fine. You just did wonderful and everything. And then and then, the, you know, the person has no gauge to go by. Everything I do is wonderful. So, you know, realizing that and then understanding the heart of your father or your parents and being able to, you know, just kind of um, assimilate all that and accept all of that and know that okay, that that was from his viewpoint. But what does it mean to me to be the to do my best? And look at that, like, look at your definition of what is the best for you? What is your definition of success? And when you feel the doubts coming up, like, oh my gosh, I've raised the bar. I don't know if I can make it. It's stopping and saying, okay, is that one of my imposter syndrome stories? Mm. Or is it really true that I can't raise the bar and go further and higher? What do I really believe? And what is the evidence from what I've done already? And really start to get a, a clear definition for you, because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Even though as adults, we still want approval from our parents. 
Yeah, that's good to have that. But as long as we don't need it to feel confident. So that's one way to deal with that imposter story that came from your childhood. Look at it, define it, figure out where it came from, forgive your parents or <laughs> coaches. And then what is my definition for me? Right. <laughs> yeah. And being my best and mm-hmm. is what's really true for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember um, when I was in second grade, one of the imposter stories started for me there with my teacher. And she was, I went to Catholic school. She was a nun. She was very strict and kind of scary. And I used to daydream a lot. So my mind was wandering and I wasn't hearing, I was paying attention. And from the faint, far away land of reality, I could hear her calling me <laughs> back out of my fantasy world into the classroom. And then finally I came to, and she's like, Janelle, come up here. And she called me up to the front of the room and she kind of pulls on my ear in front of everybody and says, you need to learn to listen. And I was so humiliated and so embarrassed and felt so small. And one of the messages that spoke to me was that being in front of a room is a place of humiliation and embarrassment. And yet one of my gifts is to speak and to teach. And that held me back. And it was a subconscious message, you know, that I received from her. Did she mean it that way? Probably not. But that's what I, that was one of my early messages that, you know, kind of along with a lot of others that became my biggest imposter Mm -hmm. message was nobody wants to hear anything you have to say. You should be quiet and stay in hiding in the back of the room and be quiet. (laughs) So, you know, that in second grade, my goodness, how much do you really pay attention in second grade? I know. Who knows? Maybe she was having a bad day. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I've had to forgive her for that and realize that you know, I can't let that define me and who I am. And those, those early messages, sometimes it takes a, a little bit of a mining for the gold and digging in there to see, you know, where the message is and is it holding me back and how true is it? And so yeah. once I realized that I was like, okay, wait a minute. I really love to be in front of the room talking. So I'm going to own this now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That helped me a lot with the imposter syndrome. So another question I have, um, I'm coming up on two years in business in June. Yay. So Congrats. it's crazy. It's it's going by so quickly. I know you've been doing this for 10 years. No, five, five years as a coach. Well, almost I'm sure it feels like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it does sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess a good question is... Um, you know, we, we want to set goals, but we also don't want to feel like we're just constantly moving that mile marker. So what's a good way to moderate that? That makes sense. Setting, setting goals. Yeah. Setting goals versus continuing to move the marker and never feel like you're achieving. Right. Gotcha. So one thing, and I see this a lot with women that have that inner fraud, feeling of fraud, uh, is I know this one one client I work with in particular, she doesn't stop to celebrate her wins. And she just breezes over them and moves on and then feels like she's not accomplishing anything. And she's beating herself up because I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And I didn't reach that marker and I didn't reach that one. And I'm like, stop a minute, wait. What did you just tell me that you did? 
I'm still sitting here with that going, wow, way to go. And she's like, oh, yeah, let's stop a minute and celebrate even the smallest wins or the smallest goals that you reach. Stop and celebrate it somehow. Mark it down, write it down, call somebody. I mean, do something to mark that moment and really sit with it and feel good about it. Allow yourself to feel good about it. Brag on yourself to yourself if you need to, <laughs> you know, because that was an achievement. You reached a goal two years in business. That's huge. Yeah, that, that speaks to me a lot because, um, especially, you know, I I live in this world with a lot of freelancers. I don't consider myself a freelancer, but a lot of people um, that I interact with do, hmm. and um, you know, a lot of them videographers who are working freelance have, you know, either not closed a single deal during the quarantine or, you know, they're just stuck in this place. And I've closed several deals. I've been working, I've been doing really good work. And I, I, this really is like therapy to me because I have not been celebrating those wins because it's, you know, how do you celebrate from home? But you know, you can, you, you totally can, you could get a nice meal delivered. You can, yeah. you know, pop open some champagne or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, I think, I think that is an incredible point because it's the first thing we forget yes. when we have a win. Right. And, you know, it, it can be other things, you know, if you're not in sales or whatever, it doesn't have to be closing deals. But for me, I know the minute I close that deal, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. All right, let's go to work instead of like, just be excited about it for a little while. Like that was yeah. hard to get there, you know? Yeah. Just like uh. you said, you reach the goal and the tendency is, okay, I got that done. Now what's the next thing? Let me move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And then you never get to feel that feeling of success and achievement. Mm -hmm. And I reached this marker and yeah. So what would be a good way to celebrate? I think a good way to celebrate is to, for me, I really enjoy like date nights with my husband. Um, and we haven't done, we have a two-year-old, you guys. So we haven't done a lot of that. Um, we, I think we had one date since we went into quarantine. And of course it's here, but I think like um, being creative with that. So like maybe me hosting our date night and planning it. Um, there were several other really big wins lately too. It's not just closing deals, but I think really, um, cause everybody's different for me. I really like having creative moments and creative outlets. Um, one of those is baking, really like baking, yeah. uh, specifically cinnamon rolls because I like sugar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's like a little win, but it's a win you can celebrate. So Absolutely. you have been working hard during this <laughs> and doing amazing work from home. I was telling my daughter about the video you did for that coach all remotely. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, it was just amazing how it turned out. She goes, how is she doing that? And I'm like, oh, I do you want to know my secrets? Because I will tell you. Yes. Stock footage. Stock footage That's is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's incredible um, not to derail too much, but talking about two years, the very first project that I did was entirely stock footage as well. Um, it was a book trailer for my mom's book, um, which is set in different countries. So no, we could not go film there. 
she was not willing to bankroll that one. So um, we used stock footage from these different locations and then put it together with voiceover that we recorded um, over top of that. So it's kind of funny how it comes full circle. But um, but even just seeing, like taking a second, and, and I think this is really important for the conversation, taking a second to see um, in something so similar, like, two years ago, or that might've even been three because it was before, before we were official. Mm-hmm. And then like today and with the same, you know, restrictions with the same conditions, like how have I grown just as an artist, you know, everything else aside. And I think that's especially hard to measure for an artist. So taking right. this time to see, you know, the change yes. and like celebrate it. Yeah, I love that. Looking at the change, like looking, look back. So this is a great, a great example of that. I decided to start cleaning out this closet down here. It is full of junk. Like I avoid this closet like the plague. Like I I just, and there was no room to even go in there. Stuff in there from years ago. Well, I finally decided to start cleaning it out. And I found this whole pack of papers from a writing course I took in college. And I saved them all. And I was so glad I did. And so I looked, I was reading through those and going like, wow, wow, how far I've come in my life. Like these were written in 73. I was 20. I'm 56 right now. And just to read like my thoughts back then and the things that I was going through and seeing how far I've come. So like going back and that's why it's so important to celebrate your wins now, write them down, keep a journal and write down how you're feeling when you achieve it. What, what did you achieve? How does it feel? What are you thinking? Like really write all that stuff down because two years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, you're going to want to go back and see how far you've come from there and just journal it all the way along, you know, your whole journey so that you can see the growth and that will help eliminate the imposter syndrome too, because you'll be able to see, Hey, look, it's all about growing. It's all about like never stop growing and being able to mark those moments so that you can see, you know, so you're not just pushing to the next thing without, you know, seeing where you've come from and seeing the growth and, and being able to just appreciate that. Cause that it's really, it's really about the journey. It's really about the growing and becoming more and more of who you are. That's what matters anyway. So I think that for me has been one of the biggest lessons I learned about getting ditching the imposter syndrome and just know that you belong right where you are right now because of what you've done so far and where you're going to be when you get there, you will belong. So, so I had another um, thing I did want to talk to you about and kind of ask you about, and sure. you know, number one, are you a psychic? Because there's no way that you could have known when you planned these topics for these workshops that we would be doing ditch the imposter syndrome from quarantine. Yes. You know? Um, and I think it's, it's just incredible timing because the more that I see of business owners trying to pivot their businesses, change what they're doing, they're having this imposter syndrome in ways they never had before because they're having to do new things that they don't feel comfortable with. Um, for example, video, I, I see that a lot. So what would you say to a business owner who today is sitting here watching and saying like, 
well, I can do, you know, I can bake like nobody else. I own a bakery and I can bake like nobody else. But if you're asking me to open an e-commerce store and start vlogging about it, like I can't do that. That gives me process. What would you say to that person? Yeah. Such a good question. And definitely something we're seeing a lot of, like, how do I pivot my business? How do I do something completely remote? And it's amazing. It's amazing to me to see what people are doing and the creative ways they're doing it. It just blows my mind. And that's what I would say to that person that, you know, what you say is, you know, can happen. Like what you confess over your life is what you're going to bring more of. So if you say, I can't, you're right. You can't. If you say, I can, you will. Like, I remember when I started off as a coach, having those thoughts, like, oh, I can't do this. I can't, I can't market myself. I can't build a business. I don't know anything about being a business owner. I know how to coach people, but the, all that other stuff, marketing and social media marketing and building mm -hmm. a website. And, and I almost didn't do it because of that. And then I decided one day, wait a minute, I can learn. Mm -hmm. And this is something I really, really want to do. So I just started saying, I will learn whatever I need to learn to move forward. And I have the ability to learn. And so I will find out, I'll Google it, I'll take a course, I'll find somebody who knows, I will do this. And it just switched the whole, the whole message from I can't to I can and I will. And so don't ever sell yourself short. You can learn new things. You learned how to be a wonderful baker. You can certainly learn how to do a blog. And there are so many easy ways to learn these days in our world. You just Google it and look at a YouTube video and yeah, seriously, you know, yeah. it's, it's incredible. I love that you said that. I love it so much. And I'm going to kind of uh, quote from my mentors actually, um, because one of the things they say often is just pursue that Will Smith spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm that movie with Will Smith and that scene where he's talking with them, he's trying to get this job. Um, and he's like, you know, I may not know how to do this right now, but I am the person who's going to figure it out and yes. get it done. Exactly. That's and it. that I, I know personally for me in a moment of vulnerability with the internet, there have been things that I did not know how to do with video. And I decided, well, I'm going to do them anyway. Yeah. And figure it out as I go along. And in fact, one of the things, you know, often most like 99% of projects right now, we use our editor who's fabulous. She's amazing. But um, for the video that we were talking about before, um, for that coach with the stock footage, um, I did not know how to animate text before that video. Yes. Wow. No lie. <laughs> I learned it for that video. Wow. And two YouTube videos to figure it out. So, you know, if, if there's something that you're sitting there thinking like, well, I don't know how to edit a video. I don't know how to shoot with my phone. Or I, I don't know how to do it. Like you have the internet, you know, all you lack is what you're saying. That spirit of I'm going to just figure it out. I will learn instead of I can't. Yes. You need to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Believe that you have what it takes to follow your dream and be successful at it because that's why it's in you because you have what it takes. Now, maybe it hasn't been developed fully, but it's there to believing in yourself that you can do it, that you can find the way if it's not in front of you. I remember my daughter kept telling me, mom, you need to do a podcast. You should do a podcast. 
she said this for like a year and I was like, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how. And I was doing these live Zoom meetings, inviting women to them and recording them and putting the recording on my website. And I was learning how to edit the recordings all by myself. And so finally she's like, mom, <laughs> just figure it out. And so I did. I mean, it was the easiest thing in the world to start a podcast. And, you know, it just was like, why was I putting up this roadblock in front of myself? when all I had to do was Google it or ask somebody, I think I asked my coach and he was like, yeah, just go here and do this. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm already doing it really. And yeah. so you'll be amazed at how many things you already know that you don't realize, you know, mm -hmm. just like you said, have that spirit. I mean, that's the entrepreneurial spirit is mm -hmm. there's opportunities everywhere. They're right there in front of you all the time. It's just, seeing them and recognizing them and knowing that everything is an opportunity to grow some more and learn some more. Mm -hmm. You know, I just love to learn and just keep learning and keep growing, keep, keep doing it. It you is know. incredible. Um, and that's something uh, that I've noticed too, as we've brought on, you know, additional team members is that it's so much easier to brag on other people than on yourself. True. Which is so silly, you know, um, it makes it easier, you know, as the business owner, right? If you can brag on your employees and you don't have to brag on yourself, but at some point, you know, you do have to address the imposter syndrome. And, and I think this has been a very helpful night for me. I feel like I've gone to a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Coaching session. <laughs> Good. But it's just incredible. And I, I really hope, you know, we're seeing a lot of folks being able to come to events like this workshop more because yeah. it's online. So I really hope that this is something, you know, for you, if you're watching and you're like, that's me, I've, I've got imposter syndrome at the wazoo, mm -hmm. um, you know, or if you just genuinely believe that you suck, like mm -hmm. I would encourage you, like challenge that belief at least this once mm -hmm. and, you know, bet on yourself. And, and I think, um, I think that it's, it's really worth the investment because if you don't take a chance on yourself, then who are you going to take a chance? Oh, I love that. Exactly. If you don't take a chance on yourself, who will, I mean, if you don't do this for you, how can you expect anybody else to be for you? If you're not for you, you totally are worth believing in yourself. You're so worth investing even just a little bit for this workshop in mm -hmm. developing who you are. You have so much to give every person listening to this. You have so much in you and we need it to come out because nobody else can bring you but you. And I firmly believe that every one of us has unique gifts to bring to the world. And we are missing out on so much of the richness because people are hiding because of this imposter syndrome. So, you know, if you are dealing with it, know that you're not alone. It's very common. You're not the only one. And you'll find that out if you come to our workshop. And uh, thank you for coming, Megan, and doing this. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the expertise, as always. Oh, yeah. Always, always. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to leave a comment below and share this podcast with other women. Let's build this community of fearless women and support one another on the journey. If you'd like to know how you can work with me, 
as your coach to help you emerge fearlessly, you can reach out to me at Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com or you can check out my website, EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Until next time, remember to be fearless and be you because you are worth it and you are awesome.